I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 272 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we terminate our season two with co-hosts. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we delve into the term podcast at TikTok. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we discuss a few ongoing roadcaster hardware issues. Lauren, start the season two finale of Better Podcasting. This is Better Podcasting. We are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. This is episode 272 of Better Podcasting. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is my RE320 buddy, SP. <laughs> I'm also co-host on this show, Better Podcasting. We've been doing the show since October of 2015. It's now 2023. It's climbing up on eight years, and I can't believe we've been doing the show this long. Yeah, and hey, for, for those of you who are wondering, I thought I'd throw that out right here, right now. At the top of the show, we had a discussion off the podcast, and at, for some reason, I decided to, during our finale give the RE320 a go again. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you probably know that I, I have not always been a fan of the RE320 for my voice, particularly. Whenever we've revisited it, SP and I have both agreed, not the best, but I recently made some changes to my configuration. And so I, I thought this would be a good opportunity to go ahead and, and try it out again. So would love to know your thoughts on it. What do you think about it? I'm looking forward to hearing it after myself. But I would love to know your feedback on that. Just hit me up wherever you want. If you want to come to our Discord, it's betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. But yes, that's what's going on today. <laughs> As you may have noticed, this season we decided to cut our long-standing introduction that we used to do before the main topic. Yes, there has been a few things that we've mentioned at the top of the show, just like Steven just did with his Electro Voice RE320. But overall, we've been an active effort to re reduce that. However, today we're going to go slightly longer in our introduction as we have a couple key things we want to touch on before we get to our main topic of co-hosts. And we know that sometimes people start listening to the episode but fail off later on in the show and forget to come back. So let's just get to it right now, Stephen. Yes. As a reminder, this is the season finale of Better Podcasting. We announced in episode 262 all the details behind this. The summary is we're going to be alternating between recording this show and then seasons of the Better Podcasting live chat show. If you didn't know this, live chat is a bit looser of a show. It's something that we started a few years back, and it's mostly just random podcast-related topics that we want to talk about in a more loose format than this show. And so we're going to be kicking off season two of that. It usually is around 30 to 60 minutes, but we're going to be running that weekly in the same idea as this show. So it's going to be in a different feed, though. If you didn't know this, we already have the feed existing. It is in a different feed. If you want to keep hearing us talk weekly about podcasting things, 
we encourage you to come over and check out the Better Podcasting live chat feed because this will be the season two finale of Better Podcasting main show. So you can go and check out the Better Podcasting live chat feed and hear what we have to think about podcasting. And you can find all the subscription information for that over at betterpodcasting.com. Just go to the top of the page there. There's a shows category. Then go down to live chat and you can find all the subscription information over there. The current schedule that we have mapped out for is running the live chat show through February and March of 2023 with the Better Podcasting main show, which is this show you're listening to right now. It's going to return in April of 2023. Now, note, we have planned out a schedule for the entire year. However, we're learning this whole seasons thing as we go, and there may be some trial and error. So if anything changes, we'll let you know. But for now, the plan is we'll kick off season three of Better Podcasting, the main show, the first week of April. The next thing we want to mention to you, may have noticed we're lacking a few of the extra segments that we used to do, such as the How I Save My Podcast story that we get from you every week. We actually do have a plan for these to come back, and we'll have a recurring segment plan for season three. Basically, to be honest with you, we're still refining our feed after relaunching in season two, so those segments fell off temporarily. But we look forward to bringing them back for the most part in season three. And the last thing, this is one of the most important things is we do want to upfront thank everybody for the support that you have provided as we returned for season two of Better Podcasting. When we returned, we didn't really know how much of the audience would come back and listen and especially get in touch with us and, and give us feedback and comments and things like that. And we were really blown away and impressed and very thankful for the amount of people that did, it really meant a lot and means a lot to both of us. So thank you everybody for doing that. It helped us find our feet, hopefully a little better than if you hadn't been doing that. So thank you very much. So we wanted to give that acknowledgement up front before we get to our main topic as well. And honestly, it was very, very humbling. So thank you from both of us very much. We did not expect such a warm welcome upon our return. Now, we hope you'll come subscribe or follow, depending on what the nomenclature is for your podcast app, to the Better Podcasting live chat show, which is going to record live and it's going to release the same schedule as this. So, so nominally Sunday nights every week. And you can find it at betterpodcasting.com. Again, as Stephen mentioned before. And with that, let's get on to our main topic of co-hosts. If you missed it when we returned, when we came back with season two, we said that we would have an overarching common theme across all of the different episodes. And this season, it was the personal influence on your podcast. And one of the most personal aspects of your podcast are the people that you choose to do the podcast with. Because these are the people that you're going to be spending a lot of time with, building the show together, carrying on a conversation, and being prepared basically to volley the all of conversation back and forth, even if it is scripted. You're also sometimes going to push each other's buttons and other times you'll end up lifting each other up after a crappy day of work and you just sit down to your hobby podcast to unwind. So as you might imagine, any co-hosts that you have are going to need to have some form of compatible personality. 
Today, we want to talk about some of our experiences with the idea of choosing co-hosts for your podcast, some of the things that we think you can think about in order to help choose your co-host, and also hopefully maintain a positive relationship with those co-hosts and really maximize that compatibility. But first, we're going to talk about, do you need a co-host at all? Solo podcasting is an option. We're going to have to say it at the start of this podcast here, the start of the segment. And some podcasts may be best suited for a solo podcast format. But let's not talk about those podcasts today. Let's talk about podcasters that are better suited for solo podcasts. Some reasons somebody might be better for a solo podcast is you feel like you need full creative control. There's a lot of people that like that with their projects and in podcasting, it's no different. So if you feel like you need full creative control, a solo podcast might be a better option for you. If you have issues keeping conversations with others, maybe you're really introverted or you just don't know how to react to other people, it's okay to admit that, but you still want a podcast, then this might be the reason to go with a solo podcast. Now, you might have a long history of collaborations going south. You think, think back to school with those group projects that never have worked out for you, and you just don't want to deal with that again. A solo podcast could be more advantageous to you. If you have trouble working with other people, like you are that guy that every single or that person that every single group project you get into turns to crap and everybody starts blaming everybody else, you might want to look internally to yourself and maybe I'm the cause of that. If that's true and you still want a podcast, great, but a solo podcast might be better for you. Now, if you have a fluid schedule, something that's not standard and you just don't know when you're going to work and when you're not going to work, that sort of thing, and you can't commit to recording at a certain time every week, every month, however often that you record, solo podcast might be better for you. If you want to record at really unusual times, say you have a full family like Albert over at Cantina Cast, he's got a lot of kids running around his house and he prefers to record late at night and late central time is bad for people on Eastern time because that's an even hour later. That's just an example. So all your family is asleep and you want to get your work done there or maybe early in the morning. It's just not conducive to doing that with another co-host. So solo is a better option there. And while we don't really want to delve into money on this podcast, we've mentioned it before. We're more of the hobbyist. Maybe you want to make money with your podcast. We'll acknowledge that. And you want none of the headache that comes with having somebody else on your podcast. You just don't want to have that involved. And I'll give an example for here for better podcasting. I mean, us wanting to make money for better podcasting, we're going to have to go over country lines, right? So if you just don't want to deal with that, then maybe you want to go on your own and do a solo better podcasting show or something like that. Neither of us want to do that, but that was just an example. And some people just really want to podcast, yet they have challenges finding to somebody to podcast with, right? Podcasting is not for everyone. And it's our opinion that you'll be better off starting off on your own versus starting with a co-host that's going to drop off after three or four episodes, ghost you, whatever. It's just better to go it alone than try to force somebody else along that podcasting journey with you. Podcasting is hard enough. 
you might as well start with the people that really want to do it. And if you can find no one, then maybe you just need to do it yourself. Yeah, so choosing not to have co-hosts really is a perfectly valid option. And while it does come with some benefits, there are some disadvantages too that we want to acknowledge. For example, there's no benefit of having a conversation with, with others as you record it. You basically have to dial up the amount of conversation that you're essentially having with your audience. If you got co-hosts involved with the podcast, there's a certain degree of your audience hearing people have a conversation together. But if you're by yourself, they're either hearing you as like sort of a, a formal speaker or having a conversation specifically with them. You also have to be able to hold an episode to yourself. This can be a challenge because you've got to be able to talk for the whole episode. And likely there's probably going to be more editing for people who are doing doing solo podcasts because it is hard for people to yammer on for a full episode without stopping. They're probably going to have to take breaks. You're probably going to have to find uh, natural ways that you can edit in yourself so that you can accommodate the dying conversation with yourself. All of these other things. Of course... The other part is that most of the work's going to actually fall to you because you're doing the solo podcast. You may need to tap other resources outside of your podcast for things that you might typically involve co-hosts with. For example, on this show, if SP and I have an idea for the podcast, we reach out to each other, have a conversation about it and say, hey, what do you think? How do you think this would go over? You're doing a podcast all by yourself. You might need to reach out to say SP and I and say, Hey, what do you guys think of this? So that you're getting an outside opinion to bounce that idea off of. Also staying motivated long-term can be a little more challenging because you're not involved with a conversation with somebody else enjoying each other's company every single time that you record an episode. Also consider the production costs because there are going to be production costs involved with every podcast. Sometimes they're little, sometimes they're not a lot. And you're probably going to have to pool the money all by yourself if you're doing a solo podcast. You also are going to only have one personality and viewpoint, and that might not resonate with your audience as opposed to a couple different thoughts coming at it from a couple different angles. Now, solo casting for an audio drama or play through podcast would be especially tough. It's not impossible, though, because as you know, SP has a lot of voices inside his head, and sometimes he does put those onto the microphone. <laughs> yes, indeed. Sometimes that does occur just when I'm having a moment of inspiration. And it's up to you for some people, their personality or their individual schedule, situation, whatever may make them more inclined to do a solo podcast. But for the rest of this episode, we're going to assume that you're going to have other people and they're going to co-host on your podcast. Just as an aside, you know, I've recently done the Better Podcasting Chats with SP. And as a mitigation to a solo podcast, you can try to interview other people or have a conversation with other people, a guest every episode. But that's work too, scheduling the guests to come on and working that and everything. So it's not a panacea, but it is a way forward to do a solo podcast with guests. And you'll end up doing some solo episodes like I did with Better Podcasting Chats with SP, the Rodecaster Pro 2 implementation in my studio is an example of one. But for the most part, you can have guests on as well. I just wanted to mention that before moving on. So let's start our co-host talk by addressing personalities. 
Personality compatibility is important. You can't ignore it. Recognize that not all personalities are compatible. And compatible personalities don't always get along all the time. For that matter, compatible personalities don't have to agree on everything and don't even need to be friends either. A big example in the geek genre community is Mythbusters. Jamie and Adam are notorious for not liking each other, yet that they put on this fantastic show. And then when they do work together, they do amazing stuff, but they don't like each other. And that leads to off-air or behind-the-scenes drama. But since you are a hobbyist, you're not doing this for your full-time job, we'd encourage you not to make a business relationship out of it. And if you're not friends, try to make it lean more towards that side than not. Basically, you want to be friends. You don't want to have that business-only relationship with your podcast. Having good relationships will make your hobby more enjoyable. We've talked about this very, very much on Better Podcasting. And I'll give you an example because my mom's a quilter. If you've ever taken a quilting class and you find the teacher or the people in the class and, and they're just buggy, have you ever done that? I know my mom has. It's probably going to make making those quilts a lot less fun. And you may even look at those quilts that you make during the class and remember the bad times instead of looking at the result of the quilt or the enjoyment you had while quilting. It's a hobby for quilters, and my mom is an example. It's a hobby for her. She does amazing work, by the way. Now, compared to taking a quilting class that you get great enjoyment out of, you get the conversation in there and the personalities that mesh. You want to spend more time making those quilts. You may be more willing to have a conversation about a quilt idea with the instruction or the instructor or even open it up to the other quilters. It's a much more enjoyable, like a podcast, when you have good relationships with your co-hosts. If you in the quilting class, you have that great relationship. Podcast is the same way. If you have good relationships, it just makes it more enjoyable. And that's what a hobby podcast is after all. And while you may not have as much fun doing your podcast as you would quilting, my mom would be a great example of that. I do not think she would like podcasting. Maybe it'll be close. But what sort of expectations do you have for the personality compatibility? Is this something you want certain people to take a specific tone within the podcast? Or do you want it to match yours or be counter? For example, you may have one person sort of set up to be the funny person of the podcast and another person being the, quote, straight person, where they're basically playing everything with an even, straightforward response. This is sort of a classic comedy pairing. Or you may have a vision for your show where both people are over-the-top funny, building off of each other. This would be very typical for a comedy duo. Or maybe you just aren't that funny of a person and you don't really want that aspect in your show. That's okay too. Your topic might be something that demands to be a little less funny and take a more serious tone. You want to think about these personalities and how they're going to be compatible with that vision and define it if you need to. Sometimes people need to know which angle they should go with their personality they may be holding back because they aren't sure if it's okay to be wacky or zany, or they might be over the top not realizing that's not what you want for the show and you need to reel it in. Sometimes personalities also may not work together. They might seem good on paper, but don't work in practice. So 
if you are going to be looking to bring a co-host onto your podcast, we'd encourage you to try some test runs before you do. If you need, you can do auditions for your hobby podcast. It's really not that crazy of an idea. There's lots of people that do this. Yeah, we just brought up the word auditions. And I know that you're thinking, oh, it's just a hobby podcast. I'm doing it out of my mom's basement or, you know, whatever you're doing, right? Yeah, auditions for a hobby podcast isn't all that crazy. People that write fan fiction actually audition editors. Fans that are just doing it for fun audition singers, guitarists, keyboardists, and drummers all the time. Beer league sports teams audition potential players. Sometimes that's called a tryout, but you get the idea. And local theater production, they audition performers routinely. Every time they have a new production, they audition. Even existing members of their troupe, they have to audition for parts. Now, I put together a couple of lists of some famous film audition scenes just to say that this is both funny and not all that crazy. There is a Pitch Perfect in the original movie, Pitch Perfect. There is a great audition scene which goes along. You see all these zany stuff. And then Anna Kendrick gets up there and she just breaks the mold and she does her cups routine. That's pretty great. Flash dance. There's a great audition scene in there that transforms and basically ends the movie. Bring it on. Another just iconic movie. There's a great audition scene in there. And Dodgeball has a tryout scene for cheerleaders in there. So, Stephen, I wanted to ask you, what would be your favorite audition or tryout scene or set in a movie? I mean, League of Their Own, something out there. I know you got something in your mind that's just a favorite audition. Uh, you mentioned Anna Kendrick. We'll just leave it there. Okay. <laughs> so I'm interested in our audience coming back with what is your favorite audition scene in films or maybe an audio drama or something like that. I would love to hear what you think. And even though auditions might bring a level of formality to the whole process, the point is to give you a running shot with the best fit possible for your co-hosts. And there are plenty of opportunities to try to find co-hosts. Yes, there's Reddit and there are voice actors uh, groups that you can get into and you can announce that you're putting together a show, job auditions, that sort of thing. But however you do it, yes, it's formal, but it does bring you a good result because you have some choices to make versus just picking a guy off the street or in the hallway at school or at work saying, hey, I want a podcast with you. And you strike up a conversation, you get going, and then they end up losing interest three or four episodes in. That's what we're trying to prevent here. Now, as you're doing your test, sometimes you might want to do tests with multiple people. Think in terms of George Lucas when he was doing the Star Wars auditions. I know a lot of people that listen to the show are familiar with that, where they actually took pairings of the different actors to see how they meshed well together. And that's how we got Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford together. Harrison Ford wasn't actually auditioning. They just grabbed him, and he worked so well that they moved ahead with him as Han Solo. So that sort of thing can happen as well, where you just get the key people together for your show that really started off well. Now, if you're bringing on multiple people, give them a try together. And when you've decided, make sure you give a proper introduction to each other, get everybody warmed up and familiar with each other. 
consider establishing personal boundaries as well when you do that. Some people are okay getting poked fun at. Some people will quit over getting poked fun at. So just get to know the other person a little bit before you start recording together so you know what buttons you can push and what buttons you can't push. Of course, there really is more than just personality when it comes to choosing a co-host. You might want to think about what does everybody bring to the table and how does that fit with your thoughts for a podcast? It's really good to consider what sort of knowledge and experiences that people have. With us here for Better Podcasting, we both came to podcasting sort of through two different ways and we had a different set of history as far as tech we've tried different experiences we had doing podcasting. So that's where we kind of felt we were coming to this show with two sets of history. Some examples that you might have are people on a podcast that one is more technically inclined than the other. If you're doing something that is like tech related, you might have a Mac person and a Windows person. You might have maybe a sports person and a non-sports person. Maybe you've got a family person versus a single person. Canadian versus American, Stephen with a PH versus Stephen with a V. These are all very important things that can bring multiple different viewpoints. And I will tell you, the Stevens with a PH will, will always be a little disgruntled. It's just the way we are after so much misspelling. <laughs> you all think that Stephen is actually making a joke there. He was actually on a podcast with a Stephen with a V. So there were two <laughs> co-hosts, Stephen with a PH and a Stephen with a V. It actually happened to Stephen just a few years ago. Absolutely true. So perhaps each person can be in charge of a different content development, more tailored to their experience and enjoyment. How much does each person want to take on? And are you comfortable with that level of responsibility and acquiescing that level of control? Some people want co-hosts that will help evenly support the podcast. They want them to be able to come in and edit. They want somebody to take over the social media or at least contribute to social media. They want to be able to prepare together for a show and not have the show notes be the responsibility of just one person. Others want the co-host just as voice talent and perhaps maybe a little content development. Either is okay. But if you're not getting what you want out of it, it might rub you the wrong way and make it less fun. Here's an, an example. You might feel somebody is stepping on your toes if you wanted them to take a more hands-on approach. Or you might be thinking you're doing all the work if you wanted them to contribute more. And there could be the case where a co-host would want more responsibility and you're not giving it to them. So they feel affronted by that and eventually leave the show because they're not getting out of it what they want. Again, try to define these roles up front. It'll help in the long run. And getting expectations in writing might seem too formal but will clearly lay out those expectations, not only for your co-host, but the expectations that your co-host might have for you as well. This is basically what we'll term a contract and can be treated however you want. It's your hobby podcast, right? But the more details and specifics that are in that agreement will be better off for everyone, particularly if the relationships end poorly. Maybe you can think of it like a prenup, right? It's not all bad though. A written agreement, which we've talked about before on Better Podcasting, can help define the purpose of the show better at the start, which in most cases will help make for a better production down the road because you know what your show's goals are. 
So it's not all a bad thing. Plus, you can talk about the distribution of money if you ever run into it and things like that. So in that contract, you should clearly establish the relationships. Now, do you have to do that? No. But if you do do that, then there are a little less questions along the way. But what happens, though, if someone isn't working out for your podcast? You should start up front before you even bring anybody on by asking yourself whether you're prepared to have conversations like this if they're not working out. One way that you can hopefully help avoid this, of course, is by establishing open conversation early. If you build a relationship where feedback can be provided back and forth, hopefully that means you can have discussions before things get bad and address problems before they result in somebody needing to leave your podcast. Hopefully they'll be open to the idea of having these conversations and consider that sometimes people will hear feedback, take care of the problem themselves. They might think, oh, I get that's what you want from me, but that's not where I want to do, so I don't think I'll continue on the show. So basically, they're going to leave the show on their own. It does suck when a co-host quits, but it really can depend on the situation because sometimes it makes your problem go away if there's something that you're thinking about having to maybe kick somebody off of the podcast. Yeah, whether actively or passively, somebody wants to leave, like they're actively tell you I'm leaving the show, or maybe they'll just stop contributing and stop being available for recordings and ultimately fade away. I've had both of those happen before, and I would say the passive ones worry me the most because you just don't know if there's something that you could have done and whether or not it's for that person, or maybe it's the future, maybe you want a podcast for a lot longer, like, okay, what did I do to cause this that I can do better in the future? They're under no obligation to give you that. But if you do have a conversation, then you can have that idea moving forward for both of you. If the other person who's leaving your show, if the co-host leaving your show wants to have better expectations the next time around, they know how to go about it. And for you, you know how to run a podcast a little bit better. We're assuming this is you running the podcast, but it could go either way, right? Uh, honestly, having that conversation and coming to an agreement is just better than asking them to stop. And I know people that have had to have those conversations. I haven't. You literally say, look, you're not working out and we need to move on. You're no longer on the show. Those conversations suck. And if you're someone that feels like you can't have a confrontation conversation like this, you might want to think about what your exit strategy is going to be for your podcast if you are choosing to bring on co-hosts and something does go wrong with compatibility. You know, it might not, but if you're going to start by having people come on to your podcast, you should kind of have a plan of where you want to go with it. If you're not going to have those conversations and it's not working, maybe you're going to shut down the show. And there's been this term invented a couple of years ago called quiet quitting. Basically, it's defined as if you are sufficiently fed up to consider quitting, you might first try taking some steps to improve your situation by quitting the parts of it that were overwhelming, toxic or unsatisfying. Uh, this might work okay in the workforce, but in a podcast, it's going to be difficult to hide the fact that you decided to quiet quit and will probably lead to issues rather quickly. So it's better off to have that conversation or at least be upfront with your intentions on what you're going to do. Now, 
And another aspect, you can ghost your co-hosts and that would be a more radical step. We wouldn't recommend that, but it is done sometimes. So if that ever happens to you, just acknowledge the fact that just like in relationships, co-hosts can ghost each other, especially on hobby podcasts where there's not really any monetary issues associated with it. You just ghost each other one day and it's like, uh, okay, what happened to this? I don't know. So quite quitting, ghosting, quitting, or shutting the show down. There's a lot of different options that you can have here, but it's always better just to have that conversation. It's, it's better to be upfront about it. And not to mention, there's the entire issue of your audience as well. I mean, how are you going to message the change to your audience? We would recommend that you actually message it to your audience because it's going to affect your future projects, whether it's a change or an edge of the show, your audience would want to know. And if you are moving on to another podcast or project, how you treat your audience now will likely influence if they follow you to your new show. So it's not something that's like a one and done. If you're going to quit, if you're going to change a show, always better to announce it to your audience. You have no idea how that's going to affect you in the future. Here's another question for you. What are your technical expectations for your co-hosts? This is something that sometimes people overlook, especially if they've been podcasting for a while and are starting another podcast with others for the first time. For example, you might have your own personal expectations when it comes to creating a podcast. You might Think of certain audio levels. You might have an idea for having no background noise. You might want to have the ability to mute and silence things like coughs. You might have the expectation that each person records on their own end. That recording happens in a very reliable manner. It recording happens in a certain file format. That the file is provided in a timely manner that they have video, you might have all of these technical expectations that you apply to your own podcast. But the question is, do your co-hosts have these same expectations or even considerations and thoughts? The reality is that some people will just not have these same thoughts as you might. Some folks might laugh at the idea about trying to record in a way that's away from all of their noisy roommates. Again, having a conversation up front can help with this, And you should really make sure the people that you podcast with are going to be able to meet any technical expectations that you have for your podcast. Otherwise, it's going to make your life more difficult with podcasting and you might even begin to resent them. So have that conversation up front and make sure you're aligned on technical expectations. And some people might even say, I can't do it. I'm out. Another thing we mentioned before, but we want to delve a little bit more into is compatible schedules. There are many people that we've wanted to podcast with over the years on a regular basis, but schedules just don't align. Uh, Some examples are people can be in a much different time zone and country even that you want to podcast with. I know we both wanted to do projects with Josh Liston from On The Bubble and Dead Set Podcasting before he's in Australia. We're in the United States of America and Canada, way two different time zones. There's only a couple of hours every day that we could even consider recording. And if we miss those, then it's not going to happen. For me, Chris Smith from the Chris and Christine show and the podcastic audio shows, we could get together once in a while, but he's Pacific time zone. I'm Eastern time zone. It's very similar to Stephen and I. And having another one of those in the mix is going to be a little bit difficult for me, at least, to do. 
So that's not going to happen. I'll give you a real life example from one of my show, Haley from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was a schedule casualty. She literally was getting off, right off of work when we wanted to podcast late at night. And like Michelle and I and Lauren at the time, we're all East Coast time and we wanted to get to sleep. So it was too much of a stress for her to be on the show. And we tried to move things around, but it just didn't work. And then we tried to do it on the weekend, but she was busy doing outdoor things on the weekend and that sort of thing. So that was a schedule casualty too. Uh, Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts, we've actually done some projects with her, but she's in New Zealand. We're in North America. It's just not going to work for us to be able to do long-term projects with her, even if we wanted to or not, right? And of course, there's Kate Middleton, aka Catherine, Princess of Wales. We would love to do a podcast with each other. You know, we've DM'd each other and, and had that thing going on. It's just, it's just not going to be a possibility. Her schedule does not match up with my podcast, with my schedule of being a rocket scientist. It's just, it's incompatible. It's just not going to work. So as much as we all would like that to happen, it's just not going to happen. And that's just to name a few. For legal reasons, I'll just say no comment on the last one. The NDA doesn't allow me to. <laughs> so schedule compatibility truly is a st show stopper point. So you should place importance on it. You may be able to accommodate a middle of the night recording times a few times, but eventually you're going to get tired of it. And is it really sustainable long term? Assuming you live a, a day schedule, of course, I mean, the same thing could be in reverse. You know, like you are working every night and can you get together during the day to podcast when other people are at work, right? Additionally, your co-hosts, are they in line with how you're going to treat the schedule? We would encourage a standing recording time. It's just better long term, at least in our experience. And it doesn't have to be an always situation. I mean, we've occasionally had to move our recording time and we stream live, right? But having a standing recording time makes it far less likely for an accidental schedule mix up like, oh, hey, Stephen, are we recording at six or seven tonight? I mean, I, I just don't remember that. I mean, the, those sorts of things, seven o'clock every Wednesday, that's what we're recording now with better podcasting. Hard to mix that up, right? And it also allows for planning with a podcast cycle, especially if you have a weekly show, you get into that planning cycle of, okay, we're going to record here, we're going to release there, and then we have some planning that we can do in the intermeaning days. And uh, this doesn't have to be the case. Some people are okay choosing a recording time on an episode by episode basis. Like every week could be different depending on what's going on. As long as you have a block of time that is uh, annotated like Sunday afternoons or Sunday evenings, somewhere in there we'll record every week and you have to make sure everybody's okay with it because if they're not, then you have a problem. Now, once you've selected co-hosts or a co-host, making sure to maintain the co-host relationships, something that's very important and you should put a little bit of effort into co-hosting a podcast is rarely set it and forget it. It takes work to keep the relationship and the podcast going. And things do change over time, like personal circumstances, world events, maybe minor clashing of viewpoints, or maybe that turns into major clashing of viewpoints. The, this could be the reason why somebody wants the podcast to go away. And you need to consider about these, these relationships and try to make an active effort to keep them going over time. And one of the ways that you can do that is important to have regular conversations 
to maintain this relationship. As simple as before or after recording can go a long way, just checking in with each other and building on that relationship, that friendship. You might also have designated certain milestones to rediscuss or renegotiate things to do with your podcast. We say here, we don't talk about money, but maybe you're looking at renegotiating duties to do with your podcast. You don't want that resentment building. Or if maybe you're noticing something off, you should you should think about talking to your co-host. Mental health is an important thing. And if you're close enough to be somebody's co-host, you're close enough to maybe see signs that others might miss. And you want to make sure that you do address those before they fester and create a maybe toxic co-host relationship. If it's just your relationship, then treat it like any coworker or friend and have an appropriate level discussion like we've said before. And if it's something to do with the podcast itself, that's easily changeable, even if it means shutting down the show. So think about these things as you have these conversations because it's better than letting it fester. If nothing's wrong with the relationship, then there are key opportunities to actually grow your relationship. You can get together in person if you don't already. I know Stephen and I would love to get together. Kind of plan to do that in 2020. You know how that all happens. So maybe in the next couple of years that will happen. You can jointly experience the topic that you're covering. If you're a bowling podcast, you can go out bowling. If you're a fishing podcast, you can actually go out fishing together. If you're a podcast about podcasting, you can go to, I don't know, podcasting conferences or something. I don't know. Or podcast in person together. That would be nice eventually, right? And you can just experience that together. Podcasting Anonymous. That's how you and I will go uh, ahead and I respond. See. Right. Uh, you could do simple things as remembering each other's birthdays and remembering each other during the holidays. Do simple little things that actually mean a lot to somebody that you're spending so much time with. You are. Uh, Stephen and I, we spend at least an hour together each week, probably span that with the before and after recording at least two hours. And we're constantly talking throughout the week as well. So we're spending a lot of time communicating back and forth to each other. I would assume you'd want to do that with your co-hosts as well. I know I do it over on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. to make sure I check in with everybody throughout the week. They're over there. They check in with me, that sort of thing. So yeah, build those relationships because as you build the relationships, then you can help hone your show over time. You'll be more free to bring up new ideas or talk about challenges with the show or at least personal challenges that might relate to the show. I mean, we said this before. I'm going to say it again here at the end. Hobby podcasting is about having fun. So you should be having fun with your co-hosts. I mean, I always, this is legitimate. I always love it when Steven gets creative and he creates promos or special episodes or something like that. It's great to see that because he's having fun with it. I'm having fun with it because I know our audience loves it and it just works out better. And I know because Steven has told me this, he loves the beard watch with me. So that, that's two things that we got going back and forth, right, Steven? Absolutely. You know, I've got a, actually a private discord server that, that a bunch of us talk about your beard and, and we just watch the cycles of the beard. It's it's one of my my top passions. So hopefully our fun that we have here on our show and shows has translated to help you and inspire you and your show, whether it's co-hosted or not, because the fun is really the big part of doing a hobby podcast. So hopefully we have helped you not only with going through all this information, 
but inspired you by the way that we actually interact together ourselves. The summary is that choosing a co-host is really a hard thing to do, and we're not going to sugarcoat it. The stakes are high, and there's a good chance that it could be one of the main factors that makes your podcasting miserable, or maybe even make you want to stop your podcast. However, we do think that if you take the time to reflect on your own personality, what makes you have fun with your podcast, and what you really want to get out of the relationship with your co-host, you can build these relationships to enhance the fun of your podcast and not take it away. There's really a lot to consider with every single podcast and every single relationship with every single co-host. Each individual's experience will vary, which is actually why we went to our Discord server and we asked people to chime in and let us know their thoughts and their experiences with co-hosting. Specifically, we had asked a few questions. We said, one, aside from contracts and money related, if you could choose one piece of advice to give new podcasters about choosing co-hosts, what would it be? Number two. What's your worst experience that you've had with co-hosts and co-hosting compatibility? And three, what was your best experience you had with co-hosts and co-host compatibility? And we got a few different responses. So SP, what did Waffles from Play Comics have to say? Yeah, original Waffles. He's also Chris, my co-host on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. He answered, one, if you're not already friends, make sure to test to see if you're actually compatible. This might mean a string of guests as a tryout. This might mean a lot of false starts. Two, I've been lucky and my worst experience is a former co-host who just kind of faded. Or maybe the time I had a guest who refused to stick to the topic we agreed on and at the end said, quote, I'm disappointed. I thought you knew your stuff, unquote, after he kept asking if I'd seen this or that and I hadn't. This one never aired and never will. I'll have to ask him about that offline. Number three, a few guests that have turned into friends or brought out other opportunities at Desert Fury on the Discord server being one of those comic publishers, stuff like that. So very mixed bag of experiences there. Thank you, Waffles, very much for sharing that. We also had Josh Liston say one new co-host question mark. Ask the potential co-host what co-hosted content they already love doesn't have to be a podcast. If they say something like, I love how they build each other up and try to make each other the star of the show, that's a good potential long-term co-host. Number two, worst. I had a co-host early in my podcasting that claimed to be a massive fan of my band at the time and the podcast I'd built around that band. He came on as a guest and was great, but as soon as we were on the mic as co-host, he was hostile towards me and the listenership and couldn't handle my topic story tangent that wasn't of complete interest to him and or oriented towards him and his style of humor. Three, the best. My current co-host of my local show, Punching Sideways, brackets Melanie, has always been excited about me being great on the mic and being the star of the episode. She also appreciates that I want the same for her. She's never jealous if I ask the best question to a guest or get the biggest laugh in an episode or I top off most of the jokes in an episode. Mel knows that if I succeed, we both succeed. She's also pushed back on some of the visual elements of our promo and artwork, etc. that I have less awareness around. And those conversations, although tough, have been very respectful. So... I love that. That's great to to hear about the push and pull relationship that you can have and still be your favorite podcasting, co-hosting relationship. 
Yeah, as far as the interviews go with the last interview we did on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we actually got together beforehand. We uh, created some questions that we'd want to ask. We actually had to pare them down. And we took all our different viewpoints into consideration as we were doing that. So those sorts of relationships actually helps out to get a really good content out afterwards. And I was really impressed with the end result there. So Josh, great points there. So we also had Miss Cadabra, as she called, or Cadabra Dabra Do is how she goes on a Discord. I've had her on two episodes now of Better Podcasting Chats with SP, and she responded with one, don't pick a random co-host that you meet on a subreddit. It's best to stick with somebody you've gotten to know well as a person. Especially if your podcast is one that makes money, the person that you choose has got to be somebody you trust. And that trust when and that trusts you when it comes to money. Otherwise, it'll be cutthroat and never work. Two, that being said, my work co-host experience has been with my former co-host that I've known since we went to middle school. I'm not sure what happened. We were both really excited to start the project. She had some good ideas, and it was awesome bouncing ideas back and forth. But I realized quickly she didn't want to put in the work. She didn't want to edit, so I learned that. She didn't want to do research. All right, now we're running into problems sharing workload. And by the third or fourth week, she just straight up didn't want to record. It was devastating. and almost put a halt to this creative project entirely. She popped her head back in from time to time to check in and see how the show is doing. But ultimately, every time she says, hey, maybe we should get, to get together and record an episode together, she ends up canceling. And ultimately, I've stopped reserving the time for her in this regard because it just ends up being time wasted. Three, my best experiences with co-hosts have been guest hosts that stop by to discuss a topic with me. Start off, the main difference between my friend and the guest host is that they actually work in the niche and that my podcast involves, so they're very passionate about it. Right now, I think it's best to keep things solo for my podcast. I just don't know if anyone else well enough that I'd trust sharing financial podcast assets with, especially since I've got to get an LLC for tax season for the podcast. I don't know anybody that I trust well enough to run this, quote, business, unquote, with. We also had Anthony from Capes on the Couch podcast, uh, which actually quoted that message and said, quote, don't pick a random co-host that you meet on a subreddit. It's best to stick with somebody you've gotten to know well as a person, end quote. And his feedback on that was this in, in capital letters. I see so many posts on Reddit asking for a co-host, and I think to myself, so two strangers with no chemistry are going to create a show and talk about random topics? There is no legitimate audience for this outside of friends and loved ones. And I think that that's very valid. Now, I, I personally want to comment that maybe, maybe someone will just happen to strike gold. It's, it's happened before with random things before in life, in random pairings that do end up working together. So it could very well be. But if I was a betting man, I would bet against it. <laughs> Yeah, I see this all the time over on Reddit is like, hey, does anybody want to do a podcast with me? And every once in a while, they'll say like their name, their age and stuff like that. But always, always it comes back with which topic and they come back. I don't know. We'll just talk about stuff and, you know, the topic of the week and stuff like that. I'm like, 
okay, this is going nowhere, one, as a podcast, and two, you're not giving any specifics out there to anybody that say, hey, I kind of fit the mold, whatever. Uh, also, our discussion earlier about auditions, I think, applies here. If you can audition a few people and then get some rapport together with somebody out of that, you might have a chance. So I wouldn't discount Reddit completely, but if you're just getting on Reddit and one person responds to you, I mean, you got to win the lottery in order for that to work. <laughs> uh, this was probably my favorite comment that we had from uh, Newsreel. He says, I've never had a co-host. SP's agent was too hard to deal with. You know what? I hear you on that. It took me a long time, many, many months of bribery and uh, whatnot with his agent to get this show started. And Newsreel, I listened to your show before. It's it's entertaining and everything. The issue with me and you is the two different continents. <laughs> it's seriously, it's it would be hard to get together once or twice, let alone for an entire podcast. Excuses, excuses. Uh, finally, we had Yakko say, I'm going on 10 years with a co-host I found on Reddit. Sometimes you click, sometimes you don't. Out of the two that answered my call for co-host 10 years ago, one went off to do his own thing a few years ago, but the other is still really into it. It helps that we aren't doing random topics and the call went out on the subreddit for our fandom. Now, I wanted to chime in a little bit with this because it was not Reddit, but I wanted to wait till the end to comment on this because, again, if I was a betting man, I, I would absolutely bet against random Reddit finds being the best option Um and I mean true random Reddit finds. I'm not talking about putting the audition process out there and, you know, putting a, a formal posting and, and trying all these things. I'm talking about the idea of just randomly looking for somebody. But what I want to say is, was back in the day with the comic book podcast, we ended up basically putting a call out there to, to people and saying, hey, we, we want to have people come on the podcast. And if you're interested, let us know. And and we started this random guests coming on and then eventually found people that we thought would work as co-hosts and, and invited them on. And, and it worked. And many of these people I, I had other podcasts with and, and still maintain friendships with or, or did for a long time. Some have fade off, but um, it, it did work. So I think there is that middle ground of randomness and sort of focused auditioning or focused searching that the two of them can meet in the middle. And so I wouldn't dismiss Reddit altogether for this example here, but I, I would use it like any other tool with some consideration. Yeah, I've been thinking long and hard on what I would do nowadays, because when I started podcasting, I came out of a podcast community that intersected with your podcast community, Stephen, through your brother, really. And we were able to get going from from there. And if I hadn't run into that, I would have been in the "Hey guys, the same podcast with me" group, and it would have just been much, much, much different. So I, I kind of lucked in. I will say I lucked into the situation that we have right now, and the people that I have as co-hosts have run into over the years. Very, very, very fortunate. So if you've been a co-host of mine in the past, if you're our co-host right now, I want to say thank you very much. I've really enjoyed every single episode with that. And Stephen, that includes you on this show right here. And it's just been a decent experience. But to get to your point, that was some out of community 
that had common interests, right? Mm -hmm. And just just like Yako was saying, it was a community that had common interests and it it worked. So if you can find that, if you can be part of a community and then start tapping some people on the shoulders, say, hey, you want to guess with me? You want to try this out, whatever. I think that might be for hobby podcasting. That might be the best thing in the long term. Heck, if I was in high school right now, I'd be podcasting and be podcasting with my friends that I would be doing other fun things with, right? So it just depends on where you are in life and what your sphere of influence is and stuff like that. Lots of lots of opportunities out there, but you got to do it right because if you do it wrong, it's a doom project. Or you just reach out to SP's agent and negotiate with him. So that's what you do. <laughs> well, guess. we'd love to know your thoughts on this now. Again, uh, this is the season finale of Better Podcasting, so we would be commenting on this probably on the live chat or maybe, maybe somehow in many, many months. So please get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. You can find all of our socials at betterpodcasting.com slash contact. Or you can just call up SP's agent and say, hey, I've got some feedback. And you just got to give them a crisp Canadian 20. You know, somebody on our Discord server is going to change their Discord name to SP's agent after this. <laughs> this is the Better Podcasting Download. As you know, what we do is we keep our tabs on the podcasting industry for anything that might affect hobby podcasters. And then we'll discuss it and how it will affect you, or at least our takes on it. And we invite discussion and comment and stuff like that. Well, in the past week... There was a article, a few articles that I spied in a few places. The insiderradio.com had this article. So that's the link I'll throw in the show notes. And the title was TikTok is testing audio feature that it's calling a quote podcast, unquote. All right, wait, wait for it. We'll discuss this in a second. I'll run down a couple of things that was in the article here. So TikTok has begun to quietly test a podcast-like feature according to Business Insider. So there's your source. It was Business Insider. I don't subscribe to Business Insider, so it was hard for me to see the original article. The test allows users to listen to the audio featured in TikTok videos in the background. Until now, putting TikTok into the background paused the app's playback. The audio portion of TikTok videos is hardly what most creators would consider a podcast, but it is the word that the app is using as first discovered by content creator Emily Sfarich, who that are part of the test are asked if they want to listen to video as a podcast. If they say yes, a thumbnail appeared on a page called podcast. Business Insider says a banner message at the top of the screen stated that Quote, audio will continue playing even after switching app to the background, unquote. Now, a lot of people can take that and say it's a lot like YouTube and playing YouTube in the background and stuff like that. All right. Uh, first of all, I want to comment on the fact that the term podcast here is just audio playing in the background from TikTok. It's not actually a podcast with an RSS feed that's distributed to Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I get that. And we've said it before on the show. And I just want to, at the season two finale, want to stop my foot on the ground again and say, yeah, this is what somebody at TikTok and therefore a lot of people are just going to consider a podcast. It's in the lexicon. I don't care what your formal definition is. 
And I would agree with that formal definition, by the way, but it doesn't matter to the general public. A podcast is whatever they call it. So yeah, they're calling it a podcast. Get over it. It's what they're doing. So the other thing I want to say is that TikTok is getting into podcasts. All right. Lots to unpack here. They're not actually getting into podcasts. They're not taking RSS feeds and throwing it in. All they're doing is playing audio in the background. Uh, but this denotes the fact that they realize that this is something that they can monetize or they can keep people on their app, which is what they want, right? They want to keep people on their app and not have people get off their app. They want to continue that interface, that enjoyment that people get, that interaction that people get. They have no interest in going out and saying, hey, go to betterpodcasting.com and listen to the guys over there. They want to keep you on TikTok. That's their whole purpose. So again, we've talked about TikTok before. I'm going to say it again, that TikTok doesn't care about your podcast. And if you create a TikTok channel, that's fine. That's good. If that's what you want to do, just don't just realize that for the most part, you're not going to be able to monetize your show or be able to grow your show by using TikTok. It's a TikTok channel. It's a separate entity from your podcast. If you want to have a podcast, you want to have a TikTok channel, both, that's fine. Just realize that the two, they're not really going to ever meet other than being under the same banner, the same intellectual property or whatever. It's just going to be two different things. You're going to have very, very little crossover. Anyway, my two rants on that uh, are there. Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, I, I struggle to see the definition on this one. This, this is one that um, I don't see at the moment. I, I see a lot of the ones where people are creating a YouTube video or, you know, some long form content on other social media and, and they're calling it podcast. But the way that TikTok currently the market currently is. I don't see it because the reality is a lot of these clips on TikTok are not set up in this sort of long form or semi-long form way that you would traditionally see with, I think, any definition of podcast. I think I think most of them are, are like the concept of what a podcast is. It does not fit into the current TikTok mold. Now, where TikTok goes remains to be seen. There's a lot of changes that have been happening over there. They've been looking to allow more long-form content. They've been looking at allowing different types of content a little more. So I think there's probably a degree of realization that they might have to pivot because TikTok really like it was, it was a thing before, but it was a pandemic that really helped. Everyone was at home. They're bored. So a lot of people found their way into TikTok and I think now some of that hold that they had is going away amongst other factors as well. I, I think that they're probably looking at the future and where this could go. And I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they they attempted a thing that is more in line with podcasts than we see right now. I, I could see that happening. And the reason why I say that is because we've seen it before in other platforms. We've seen them look more towards different like pivot to have two different streams of of consumed content by the people on there and i i could see that sort of happening we'll we'll see i'm not sure i i do i do feel strong that tiktok is is pretty decent at finding videos that are to do with some person's trend that they like to i i've personally seen this myself 
And so I think that they have the ability, if they did want to sort of offer two different types, two different streams of, of content on there, I think they've got the pieces in play right now that someone who wants more long-form content could easily start to get it. And, and like I say, that's just from personal experience. I, I, I started an example of that. I, I, I randomly started to like electrician videos. Now I'm covered in electrician videos in my in my um, feed or whatever you call it. So I, I really think if they started doing long form content and I started to watch a couple or listen to a couple of those, I think quickly that would change and I'd be start fe being fed more of that. So I could see that happening. Maybe. Okay. So TikTok is in the niche of vertical video, right? So you got TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook shorts, which is basically Instagram. I forget what Facebook calls it. Reels. I, I, I don't remember. And YouTube. YouTube has shorts, right? So it's vertical video. That's the niche that they are in. I will say, like you just said, that the algorithm is really, really good. So if they could apply the algorithm to something like audio, then I think that they could recommend things that are like and that you would get more content of what you actually like. Now, that would be interesting in my particular case because i like a variety of different uh audio podcasts and i don't know if they'd be able to hone on any one specific thing i do not like electrician podcasts or i don't even have a tiktok account but i don't i doubt i'd be liking a bunch of tiktok stuff there but so that that's the constraints here is that tiktok as it stands now is in vertical video. That's their niche. Their niche is not podcast. Now, could they grow that? Okay, I'll concede that that's possible. The real value in TikTok over all the others is their algorithm. So if they could take that algorithm and apply it to any other media like podcasts, I think that they would stand a chance at gaining more of the niche. Like right now, Apple Podcasts is somewhere between like 16, 70%. And then Spotify is number two at I don't know, 15, 20%, something like that of consumption. If TikTok could enter into that, then they could eat into both of those and become a strong number two or, or potentially a long-term number one. And I, I don't know where it's going to go. I just have this feeling that TikTok knows that that what they have now will fade or it needs to evolve at some point. I think I I've, I think that's what this is. But an example of where I mean that podcast idea could possibly work is like this show. If we were shorter, I think we're too long for it. But if we were shorter and it ended up being that we could we could sort of divide it up into sections. So like maybe we were a 20 minute show and it was 10 minutes on the main topic, 10 minutes on the download, 10 minutes on feedback or whatever. Right. Um, maybe they could be a, a situation where where someone could queue up those individual segments or whatever. And they might, and we have videos, so we'd be on there, but they don't want to, they, they're not going to sit there and watch us, but maybe they are interested in hearing it. So, so although there is video, it is more consumable by audio. I just mean like, that's an example, I think on, on where we could see some of this stuff shifting, I think is, I, I still, again, don't see the term currently as it stands podcast being applicable to what they're offering on there. So. I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> uh, we did have actually a few different people chatting into our live chat room. So, hey, if you want to be one of those people that chime in when we talk about things, come to Better Podcasting live chat when we start that back up next week. We do stream on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, at least at the moment. So thanks, everybody who's there right now. 
And thanks to everybody who does chime in to us even in between recordings, which includes people in this Better Podback. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. All right, let's kick it all off with a long one here, which means SP's going to read. Oh, yeah. And make me read the real long one. I'll see if I can make this sound as much good as Damien wanted me to. Yes, it's from Damien the DM. He said, Stephen Baton be pretty hard with that question about what inspired our editing. When it comes down to dog choice, I honestly can't remember how I found Hindberg journalists. I just remember that I was ready to move on from Audacity into a non-destructive editing program. I'm pretty sure this was the result of an error being made that I could not easily recover. I know that at the time I tried both Hindenburg Journalist and Reaper because of their free trials and being talked about in the space of being good for podcasts with the intention of using Ultrashawl for Reaper, which I never set up. Between the two, Hindenburg was far easier for me to get the hang of, especially coming from Audacity. So I ran my trial, was able to extend it into the yearly National Radio Day sale and picked it up. That I uh, don't know if it's as good as it used to be, but it used to be a really good deal. I actually upgraded to Pro a year later, but I use enough other plugins that I don't actually make use much use of the Pro features and recommend against it. When it comes to the actual editing of the show, how I got where I am now was a very gradual process. There was a constant drive to do a little bit more work each time I edited, cut out off-topic conversations, tighten up the dialogue flow, add in some music. As time went on, I acquired more and more sources for background, ambiance, and sound effects to the point where I can often find something to fit in the background of every moment of the show. Right now, I'm in a constant back-and-forth struggle with myself for whether or not to use ambiance in scenes or ambiance and music. I tend to include both, though, with changes in volume, depending on what I'm trying to highlight at that moment. Sound effects can be a bit harder to fit in. I'll often have the sound on in my head that I want, but not have a source that is close enough, and I don't have the personal ability to make it. In general, though, actual sound effects are used to punctuate something, or because the scene was given enough description that I have enough effects to make it work well, and I personally feel that a fully produced scene with music, an ambient track or two, and a full set of SFX is so much better to listen to than without. I actually picked up the sound design bundle from Krontos, spelled K-R-O-T-O-S, during their Black Friday sale after getting to Trial Reformer Pro earlier in the year, and I look forward to what it opens up for me on our episodes going forward. Uh, that was very interesting, Damien. For our listeners, in case you're new to the show, Damien does an actual playthrough podcast. And if you listen to his show, it it's like an audio drama. It is full of sound effects, ambient music, and it really sets the scene for everything. It's really well produced. It takes him a long time to do it, probably too long for, for what he wants. But uh, that is some background if you're trying to frame exactly what he's doing in his description there to what his end result was. 
And hey, I think we've got the solution here to your problem where you said you've got something in your mind that you just can't, you, you know, make happen because you don't have the ability to do so. I think that you just uh, hire Josh Liston to uh, to score your your podcast. I think that's the solution right there. <laughs> uh, uh, we also had waffles from Play Comics in response to a question that we had asked last week. Actually, I think it was SP asked, "Why do you listen to be- or watch better podcasting?" We want to know what was the reason, and he he responded and he said, "I watch for two reasons: to see SP's beard." while I can, and Steven's eyes. So, of course, Hmm. you know, I put the two of them together and threw them on the Discord server, which is a horrific sight that you never want to see, but that's what you got. You've got it, and if you're watching the video side of things right now, you can see that, or you can go to betterpodcasting.com because I will absolutely go ahead and put a link to that in there so that it is forever on the Internet Archives. (laughs) (laughs) To follow up to the buddy cop pitch... Newsreel said, I can't wait for the TJ Hooker SP and SJ crime procedural law and order. Boom, boom, better podcasting. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. And the last thing we want to talk about right here is something that uh, we want to we want to comment on before we close the season two better podcasting. And and we're just going to we're going to take our conversation to another level. And, and we've had this ongoing conversation about the Rodecaster Pro sound pads firing. This is something that SP has experienced himself, where he has gone and um, his Rodecaster Pro 2 sound pads will randomly fire off the Rodecaster Pro 2, and they'll just activate themselves. And we've had multiple other people in our small community, relatively small community, comment the same thing. And one of the people in our Discord actually started the RMA process. They went and they they had it acknowledged by road and they ended up having to send it off. And it's sent off right now as of when we record this on January 25th, 2023. But this is the point that we want to call it right now is the RMA process involves sending it off. And SP is in a situation that just today he posted a video to Twitter showing this. And we had someone else reply to that. He had someone on Twitter reply to that and say they've experienced the same thing. And this whole idea of having to send off the board to be RMA'd, it's it's a problem. Because now what's going to happen with USP when you send that off? Because you, as a reminder, you downsized your studio, you, you disconnected all of your extra analog equipment, focusing on just having an all-in-one unit. So what's going to happen with you? Yeah, I don't really have a one-for-one replacement for it. At best is I could use a Zoom P4, but it's not going to be the same. And it's definitely not going to have the same ability to uh, treat the audio. You're not going to go into the audio processing and stuff like that. So I will be at a lesser quality for the time that it's gone. I don't have another like device. I don't have a Tascam Mixcast 4. I don't have the original Rodecaster Pro. I don't have uh, any of the Zoom products like the P8, L12, L8, or anything like that that I could use in conjunction with my DBXs. I don't even know if I want to go back to using the DBXs, even though they're, they're here in case this happens. Don't know how long the machine's going to be gone. I don't know 
what the record quality is going to be in between the two, that sort of thing. I mean, I'm in my studio. If I was mobile, the P4 is okay, but I'm in my studio. This is where I want the better quality of stuff. And that is why I went with the Rodecaster Pro 2. I went with it because the Rodecaster Pro OG or Rodecaster Pro 1, whatever you want to call it, had a pretty good track record. I mean, there were some things wrong with it. Uh, we've mentioned it before. The preamps were suboptimal. The ability to use the ASIO drivers was suboptimal and stuff like that. And that is why I waited for the next generation of stuff. Roadcaster Pro 2 had all the specifications that I wanted. So I went ahead and, and upgraded to that or uh, renewed my devices to that. And that's it. That's all I got. So if at least the studio for weeks at a time, I am then handcuffing myself to suboptimal processing. It is still functional. I haven't yet had the sound pads go off during an active recording, although if I start using them, I'm sure it would happen. But I have an issue with that. I, I bought this to be a Stalworth in my studio and have to RMA it because of some sound pads where they're not going to send me out something. They're going to, I'm going to send this to them. They're going to do, I don't know what with it to replace the sound pads. I don't know if they're upgraded sound pads. I don't know if they're just replacing them with new ones that they have in stock. You know, the, the same uh, original equipment on there that might have the same issue when it comes back. Uh, I, I have some serious questions on this. And if I was in the market to buy something, I'd be very hesitant right now to buy a Rodecaster Pro 2, like you mentioned before, because I don't know if it's going to have the issue. I don't know if they are putting upgraded sound pads in there, if I'm buying one with upgraded sound pads. And if I get one with an issue, now I have to deal with RMAing it. I don't know where you send it to, to RMA it. I'm assuming they have a service center in North America somewhere, but shipping is an issue. Something happens in shipping, that sort of thing. This was for a hobbyist. This is a big chunk of change. And to have all that uncertainty, I don't know if I'd want to recommend it or not. I mean, I have it, I enjoy it, but I don't enjoy those sound pads. Yeah, and and you, I just want to comment. You you said for a hobbyist, it's a big chunk of change. It's a big chunk of change for anybody. But I would almost argue that we're we're calling issue with your specific workflow as a hobbyist. And I would argue that the level, the, the bar is lower for a hobbyist than someone using it in uh, uh, somewhere that's for business or, or you know, the Roadcaster one had bands and stuff using it to a degree or, you know, live venues, entertainments like, you know, small scale and stuff. But to ha think about someone in somewhere that is trying to make money or, you know, there's a band that sets up. I, I know bands are a bad example because I know they're likely to more use other stuff, but you've seen stories of, of some folks trying to, trying to use it and whatnot, but someone sets up in a live venue. Let's go that way. Someone sets up in a live venue and the sound pad starts going off. <laughs> like, like you're losing credibility there. It's just going to be, be crazy. But also if you're pulling it out of a, a production workflow that you're making money now, what are you going to do? Like, we had a conversation a few weeks ago about the idea about me selling a bunch of gear because I was legitimately considering going to the Roadcaster Pro 2. And I was thinking about selling the Roadcaster Pro 1, selling some other gear to, to afford it. And here's the price. In Canadian, it's 
So, so as it stands, I need to spend a thousand dollars plus taxes for possibly broken equipment that I know is possible because there's multiple people in our small circles encountering this. And even when you go to some of the online Amazon CA reviews, there's some people who have commented on it there. So it's like, why would I do that? And for me, I like, I, I'm not going to recommend the Roadcaster Pro 2 to anybody. And, and the reason why I'm not going to is because right now myself, I'm not comfortable with that. I, I'm not comfortable going from something that is mostly working for me, the Roadcaster Pro 1, to something that I might have to turn around and send in. So why would I recommend that to anybody? So for me, my current stance, until this is more addressed, until there's a green sticker on the back of the box that indicates it's it's part of the fixed unit or it's been inspected or whatever it is, or there's a, you know, Rocaster 2B or, or or whatever, whatever it is that, that can guarantee this issue is solved. Because I commented on this podcast before, that's not uncommon. Not uncommon for, for a, uh, some form of indicator to happen on a widespread problem to indicate that it's been fixed in a new merchandise. Until that happens, I can't recommend it. Here's something that at least would make me feel more comfortable, if not change my mind. I, I don't know if it would change my mind, but it would make me feel more comfortable. We've both have had issues with mobile phones yes. in the past. You recently, me in the past. When that happens, and you are a Maya phone, in general, I can't speak for 100%, but in general, my experience is I will get a phone shipped out to me, I will transfer my data, and then I will ship that phone back. If I don't ship that phone back within a certain time frame, I am charged for the value of that phone. So I have incentive to get that phone back. In the meantime, I haven't lost functionality if the phone is working. I haven't lost that functionality by having to send my phone in and then them verifying that the phone is there and then sending me out. So like a week or so with in modern days, a week without your phone, that's a long time. So if they could do something like that, if they could ship me a fixed, and I don't know how I feel about that either, but a fixed, because I don't know what other issues that it might have, but a fixed Roadcaster Pro 2, and then I would send mine in after I receive it and I'm able to put it in my workflow, then maybe, but there's so many issues with that. And I'm under the war one year warranty anyway, should probably send me a new one. And they would have to be a new one with the sound pads all fixed and stuff like that. But I would like for them to send it to me. Yeah. And then I would send them this, but I have no problem sending it back. But as long as I have something for the workflow, I think that would be a better process. Probably going to be a lot of money for them to shell out that they probably don't want to, but this is becoming a huge issue. And like you said, if you're in a live situation, you're making money off of it, the sound pads go off, probably not a great idea. So if you've had any experiences like this, if you've had the RMA situation, come over to our Discord server and chat with us because we'd love to know your experience and, and good luck with all that. And I hope that Road does come up with a solution and a solution to mark the new units because I just, I can't do it until they do. Like, and, and I, I don't even know at this point if I'll want to or I'll want to hold off because I, I'm slightly fearful about whether this could push their, in my opinion, already tight timeline between the one and the two even closer to releasing another iteration because I've seen that with tech manufacturers before where they, they just feel necessary to close, to, to shorten their, whatever you call that, their cycle, their refresh cycle. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But 
Thanks to everybody who's listened to the show. We know we're a lot longer today. Hey, it's the finale. That's what you get. You get extra in the season two finale. It's to hold you over to, to keep you until you come to Better Podcasting live chat because that's what you're going to do. You're going to go subscribe right now. You're going to take a moment to pull up betterpodcasting.com, find the appropriate area that you want to, or just search in your local podcatcher and we'll probably be there. You're going to subscribe. Otherwise, we'll see you when we come back with season three of Better Podcasting. Supersize season two finale. <laughs> so for episode number 272 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying thank you sincerely to everybody who has made season two of Better Podcasting so much fun. And I'm SP echoing what Steven just said. Thank you very, very much. You guys are now why we're doing the show. Bye. See you in April. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.